are your hosts, Sergio Jaime Q. What's up, everybody? Serge, there's your A10. I heard it. There's your A10. So on every episode, we like to do a dedication to a fallen hero. Uh, today, June 1st, we would like to dedicate uh, the episode to uh, Army Specialist Philip C. Edmondson. Uh, Army Specialist Philip C. Edmondson uh, was 22 from Wilson, North Carolina. He was assigned to the 1st Battalion, 9th Infantry Regiment, uh, 2nd Infantry Division out of Fort Carson, Colorado. Specialist Edmondson was killed June 1st when an IED detonated near his uh, Bradley tank um, during combat operations in Ramadi, Iraq. Um, so today we'd like to cheers to Specialist Edmondson. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Cheers. With the cheers, um, we'd like to dedicate it also to uh, the Wise Man Whiskey. Nice little bottle. Um, hi, Matt. I don't know if you want to go ahead and just uh, give us a little synopsis of it. Sure. Guided by wisdom and crafted with knowledge, the Wise Man, American Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Mm. So cheers to that. Cheers, cheers. Thanks, Wise Man. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, for those of you listening, we actually have a very, very special guest. Um, sometimes we love him. Majority of the time we hate him because he writes the watts for us. Um, so tonight we'd like to welcome Corey Hostetter. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. Cheers, brother. Thanks for joining Cheers. us. Cheers, Cheers, Corey. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thank thanks, you. guys. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Welcome, brother. Um, so, uh, Corey, uh, yes. you said you've been, you've done some podcast ish before. Yeah, I did a little group setting thing before, but you know, maybe not as intimate as this. So, mm, we like it intimate. I, I love like, it intimate. I kind of like this setup. It's a very nice one. <laughs> I didn't have a whiskey in the last one either. So. No. Well, cheers to that, man. Yeah. Um, how about you tell us a, a little bit about yourself? You know, where you born, what you do. Um, so yeah. So, so I'm a, I'm a pretty local boy. Um, I was growing. Born and raised out here in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much grew up my whole life in Rancho. Uh, worked in law enforcement for about two and a half, three years. Ciao. Uh, now own a CrossFit gym out in Rancho Cucamonga mm. that, you know, I'm lucky enough to share with you three fine gentlemen. And, you can call uh, us something else. It's okay. Yeah, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll leave it up to the listeners' imaginations. <laughs> Um, and yeah, nice, nice, nice. Oh, awesome, man. Awesome. And, and you said born and raised in Rancho, born and raised in Rancho. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Never wanted to leave. You know, it's just, sometimes it's nice. It's nice to have, yeah. you know, this home setting. It's you good. know, I don't, I don't blame you. You know, I, hmm. I came back to Cali, so. It's true. You know. and, and I'm curious, Corey, you said that you were in law enforcement. Can you, can you tell us how long you were in law enforcement for and how long have you owned the CrossFit gym, which is gold standard athletics. Yep. So I originally started in law enforcement. My first uh, career was took off probably 2000, end of 2015. I started the police academy in San Bernardino County in 2016. Uh, went through there, went through the field training program, actually lateral to another department right at the end of my field training program. Um, and then worked at that department for about 18 months um, at that department. And then I had a little bit of crossover where I had um, basically about six months, six to eight months where I had opened the gym and I was working law enforcement at the same time. So I had basically just started opening the gym, um, 
started from kind of the ground up. I was working weekend graveyard shift uh, at the for patrol, and then Monday mornings I would get off, and then Monday through Friday I would be here, kind <laughs> Typ- of coaching classes. Typical and, uh, boot, boot cop shift. Oh is, yeah, baby! Wow, you weekend know, wow. weekend weekend graveyard. <laughs> so, so I did want to ask what what made you pursue a career in law enforcement or go that route. It was, uh, I'm actually, I'm probably not like most people that get into law enforcement. My whole growing up, my whole life was pretty high competitive level soccer. Um, I did that all the way through college. Um, I've actually played international before, uh, went overseas to play. Um, and then when I finally stopped playing soccer, um, it was kind of that, oh shit moment where it's like, well, what kind of career are you going to get into now? Soccer didn't quite pan out the way I thought it would. Um, (laughs) And then my whole like upbringing was law enforcement. So my dad's a retired police chief. My mom still works as a dispatch supervisor. So pretty much my whole life was law enforcement was the background. So when I started thinking of a career, that was my kind of like my natural next step for me was to go Progression. that way. Yep. But it wasn't necessarily your plan A. No, I, I mean – I. Um, when I went in the academy, it was actually a running joke because, like I said, my dad was a retired police chief, and the first time that I ever shot a gun was in the academy. So I never showed interest. I never did anything like growing up with my dad or anything like that. He was he moved up the ranks pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but it was never like immediately follow in his footsteps and take me to the range and teach me how to shoot or anything like that. It was kind of after college I thought about it and then mm-hmm. started paying a little more attention and then got into it from there. So let me ask you this. At what age did you realize you're going to take a, a you're going to try a career path in law enforcement, and why didn't the soccer pan out for you? So for soccer, for me, it was uh, I think probably towards the end of high school, I had picked up a little nagging injury that wasn't necessarily the the like most I don't know horrendous injury you could have. But it was nagging. So even all the way through college and things like that, it would continuously go. And it was a, it was like a groin injury that just never went away. So soccer started to come become a little bit more painful than it was fun and high level. So kind of by the end, I was just excited to be done with it at that point. Um, and then, yeah, getting out of it, like I said, you kind of have that oh shit moment when you graduate. And you're like, uh-oh, what's next? Um, I had been a CrossFit trainer for a little bit, but I knew that wasn't going to necessarily be just as a trainer being like a career choice right away. Um, so kind of thought about it and then that's when I moved into the academy. And how old were you when you went to the academy? I was 23. So you were a baby. Yeah, I was still pretty young. Were you pre-service or were you already hired by an agency by then? I was hired by an agency. And at what age were you a CrossFit coach or did you start? So I, I had overlapped my senior year of college. Um, I started coaching in CrossFit. Um, kind of took a break for a little bit because I was playing my senior season um, and then came back to it. So that would have been probably 2014 I was coaching. Probably early 2014, maybe late 2013. And then... Early 20s. Yeah, early 20s. <clears throat> so for our listeners that aren't familiar with like the CrossFit community... There's there's two types of CrossFitters, right? There's like your athletes, and then, well, there's the rest of us, right? Which includes me. Which includes three of us in here yeah, right now. Yeah, it includes three of us, all right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Corey is what you would call an athlete. Definitely. Right? Actually, Definitely. Corey is what you'd call a fucking specimen, right? <laughs> and, and, and the one thing that we forgot is we forgot to mention Corey's beautiful wife, Caitlin. Yes. Yes. 
who also co-owns a gym with you, owns a gym with you. She's also a CrossFit coach, Mm -hmm. and she is also an athlete. Yes. And a specimen as well. (laughs) I will say you guys definitely lead by example. You know, I got to give you guys mad props. Um, Very true. Coming from a, you know, I, I, I started CrossFit at a previous gym, and seeing the owners there to hear, I, I could, you know, comfortably say that, that you guys definitely lead by example. And and here's the thing. I have no full-on affiliation to the other one because I was only there for two months. So granted, they introduced me to CrossFit. But uh, but I remember coming here for the first time. I, I remember telling Fry and the rest of the crew, I'm like, so this is what a CrossFit gym is. I was like, holy crap, this is this is something else. Yeah, man. I mean, when I when I first started, that's kind of what I fell in love with because, like I said, I came from that high level, um, almost going pro. Like my best buddy Lee, he he went and played pro for a number of years. Um, we came from that level, and then it was kind of a blessing when I first came in and really focused on CrossFit. And like I said, that little year gap that I had before I got into it, before I got into law enforcement, I got into competitive CrossFit. And that was where I met Eric, another coach here Mm -hmm. who just came out of college track and field, but he was a gymnast who did track and field. So CrossFit kind of set, set him up nicely. Also a specimen as well. And Uh. at our, at our old gym that we used to be at, we competed on a team and our team did extremely well. And it was like, I had grown up with that competitive side, but then the CrossFit family is kind of what kept me coming back. So it was really cool to have both experiences where you have, I would call elite level athletes who mm. go and compete and do things like that, but they're also like in the classes with so and so grandparents who are here just working out for exercise. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of what I wanted to do when I opened my own gym. So, so you've been pretty competitive for my for whole life. Very long. You came out of the womb uh, an athlete. <laughs> oh yeah, I was three years old playing <laughs> okay. like under five. He came out of the womb doing muscle ups. I always <laughs> wondered that because he's so good at everything. No, no, I'm not. Question, though, so but was just, it your dad that made you? into made you do the sports or was it you that just naturally you know it's tough to say i think i was just kind of like i don't want to say like your typical um just like rambunctious high energy boy growing up jock Um, you could say yeah i mean but even when you're little like i i i mean my mom definitely pushed me in those directions my dad was definitely like an athlete growing up um maybe didn't quite go to like as high level of things he was more of a wrestler uh swimmer things like that water polo it's in the genes. Um, yeah, but then the my mom, I mean, my parents were the ones that when I was growing up, it was like Thanksgiving 5Ks were like fun to do. And oh like my that. gosh. They would run 5Ks and I would join them as like a 10-year-old and that was my upbringing. No. Well, I raised in a different different environment for sure. We drank. Uh, yeah, we, we drink. Um, I do have a question though, kind of bringing it back to, to getting into law enforcement. You had mentioned in the beginning that, that your dad retired. Um, uh, at a, uh, what, what did he retire as? Police chief. Police chief. He all the way to the top. Yeah. He was, uh, he was with one agency, a local agency for, oh man, I want to call it probably close to 20, 25 years out here. And he was a deputy chief and then he got a police chief job a couple years later. Um, and then ended up retiring as a police chief. So, you know, I don't know the full rankings, but I'm assuming that's, that's very high up there. It's Um, the highest. Okay. So with that being said, Mm -hmm. You going into law enforcement, did you feel that there was a potential shadow that you'd be living under with your dad? Yeah, I mean, so 
Yes, eventually. So when I first thought about it, I thought about it as it was pretty cool and I probably had some cheat codes per se that like I could get into the academy and get into being a police officer and I have somebody to go to, whether my mom or my dad, who I could get to and like get the answers mm-hmm. super easily. Mm-hmm. Um, that also comes with its own problems mm-hmm. um, depending on where you go agency-wise too because um, you have – not that the expectations are higher, but you kind of live in that world of it's like, are you following in the footsteps? Are you going to be your own person? Mm. Um, so it just kind of has a little added factor to when you're going through the academy and going through training and things like that. Now, now within that, was it was it hard, or were you would you often get, oh, you're you're you know you're the police chief's son kind of thing? So you you were expected to be a certain type of. You get, and- yeah, you get that a little bit. I mean, even the academy. I mean, for people, listeners that don't know necessarily like how the police academy is, um, they, they, I mean, they, they enjoy making it uncomfortable for the trainees and the boots as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you'll hear little comments like that in the academy, which is all fair because I mean, it's training you for the next level when you get out of the police academy. Um, but I mean, you hear things like that, and I honestly didn't even think of those kind of expectations until I was in the academy and leaving the academy. Um, then once you kind of go from that training environment to the real life, and you're in the agencies and things like that. Um, then it starts to become a little bit more for me it was a little more like those expectations and those like side conversation type things were more mm-hmm. present okay. than they were back then. I, I think that's I think that's always tough. It, you know, law enforcement it's like it's like CrossFit. It's a, it's everybody knows everybody else, right? Right. Especially mm-hmm. like in the IE per se. And in my particular agency, you know, we have father son combos. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's always tough for the son uh, I mean I could be you know father daughter combos but in my agency we have father son combos there's no you know father daughter or mother daughter it's it's father son Mm -hmm. and it's always tough for the son because the father has generally set the bar pretty high we've had we've had those there's like numerous in my agency I think some, some of the fathers have retired but they have left like the bars very high. They were sergeants, lieutenants, yeah. captains, and when the son necessarily isn't up to par, like people are like, "Dude, you're a shitbag!" Like your dad is like the pinnacle, and here you are. Well, so it's always tough. Like you know, you are walking mm-hmm. in the shadow per se. There's some foot, some big footsteps, uh, big shoes you got. Yeah. Feel. Well, well, I feel like that has like a correlation with with you know even sports. You see the greats, you know Michael Jordan, you, all for sure. All these greats, the goats, and and their offspring, you know, it, it's hard for them sometimes. I, I don't even. I heard Michael Jordan's son was in the league, but I don't even know much mm-hmm. about him, what he's doing. So yeah, I, I could definitely get it from that perspective. It's it'd be tough, man. And for me, I, that's that's where that like it came into a little bit when I kind of. I mean, for for people that haven't been in law enforcement or at least in that kind of training environment in law mm-hmm. enforcement, when you get into like your FTO or your field training program. I like to summarize it as when you're new and you're in FTO, you literally are just trying to show up and make sure your training officer like approves you mm-hmm. and doesn't fire you. Yeah. And you don't know anything else that's going on. Your whole focus is like your tunnel vision for six <laughs> months, essentially just trying to get off and get on your own. Yeah. Um, so going through that, that's those six months, basically that six month period is where I kind of started to 
make those decisions in terms of like, do I want to go this direction and continue to build it up here? Or do I want to kind of try to maybe do this, build my law enforcement career somewhere where it's like my last name isn't like already related to my mom or my dad. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So to make a name for yourself. Exactly. Rather than kind of that footsteps. Hmm. So you're not an officer now. Presently, no. Okay. Um, And... Can you kind of tell us why you... Yeah, so I had kind of a weird... um, I mean, I don't want to call it like an ending because for me there's always an opportunity to go back, I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, But I actually had a medical issue where I had just gotten off work, um, basically went on my four days off, and I had a super bad eye infection. Um, Basically, long story short, got swollen, uh, super sensitive to light, and I had blurred vision in my dominant eye for upwards of like 18 months. And which eye is that? That was my left eye, which okay. was my dominant eye. Um, so that first week, like I, I, the first time I actually went to the doctor was my Friday night shift. Like mm-hmm. I was supposed to go to work and it hadn't cleared up. So I went to the doctor, went to the hospital. Um, and then that turned into like a solid 18 month adventure of eye doctors and tests and things like that. Um, yeah, I had blurred vision for probably close to two and a half years in that eye. Now, now the whole time you're going to the doctors, getting it checked out. Um, I'm assuming you're, you're on like a medical leave. Yeah. So the, the the tough part with, with mine was I was actually, I want to say it was like two and a half weeks short of being off probation. So it was like just, just short of like this period where I would have been locked in and set and fine. Um, so technically at that time you're still like, they can fire you if they want to fire you at, for yeah, at will employee basically. Yes. Um, so Ooh. nobody was, nobody was really like, I mean, they let me stay on in that period for, like I said, a solid year, 18 months after the fact. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like there was any sort of bad blood or anything like that with the agency. Um, I just kind of was at a position where they, they never really gave me a solution as to why the eye was mm-hmm. doing what it did. Um, it could have been autoimmune. It could have been something different. No, yeah. no tests really came back caught clear. That was big. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Caught something. Um, allergies. Yeah. Um, allergies. So I did that. I mean, and... we, have, we, we have a chronic allergy boy <laughs> yeah. on our Sergio, podcast. Sergio chirped up. He's like, right <laughs> yeah. now, try not to scratch my eyeballs out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I feel like the, this, this question is kind of rhetorical because, Law enforcement wasn't really your plan A. Um, but so going into it and then having to step away because this condition that, that happened to you, um, did you feel like you lost any sense of purpose L- losing it? Because I feel like you you were in a good place, honestly, in between because you you had your law enforcement career. You started the gym mm-hmm. in between that. So, I mean, honestly, I just feel like you you were blessed, man, because you... <laughs> I mean, I've, I've said that multiple times, too, to where it's like, when, when people ask me, and then the follow-up question is always like, so, do you plan on going back, or are you yeah. doing anything like that? And, I mean, in my heart, I, I like I told you kind of before I started telling you the stories, like, mm-hmm. I always feel like I can go back. I feel like as long as my eye passes the test, like, mm-hmm. there was no disciplinary issues, there was no mm-hmm. problems, like... Like the the career, I, I enjoyed the career. I mean, you have you have your ups and downs, but I mean that's that's law enforcement right. in general. Um, my blessing was that when I was going through this negative aspect, and when most people would have like nothing to turn to, mm-hmm. I had the gym where it wasn't like it was a job. I was the owner of it, so I could kind of like 
there was no one above me to tell me not to go to work or nobody mm. to tell me to do anything. And I could coach even with this eye problem. Like right. for a while I had to have, I had to get driven to the gym cause street lights and like that would blind me and make my eyes water to where I couldn't see. Um, but once you're here, it's like you yeah. can coach with yeah. one eye so, open and things like that. So, so here's an interesting question in the time that you were a police officer, Corey, mm-hmm. did you actually like it? Like, was it, did you like the job? I did. I did. So, and, and the reason I, I the reason I asked that question is because um, you were still in your probationary period, yeah. and uh, you know that during the probationary period, especially during the, the face training period, you know you're 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 low man on the totem pole, right? Oh, yeah. Like you can never do anything right. Um, you're always wrong. You're always going to be questioned, and that's by design, mm-hmm. right? That's by design to induce stress on you, so that you know, as you progress through career and you actually deal with real stressful situations that you know how to cope with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So, you know, I wonder during that time that you were a police officer, did you, did you like it? Was it actually when you, when you basically, when this medical issue, ha- medical issue happened and you had to leave law enforcement, was it hard for you? Or was it easy? Cause you were like, well, it was like, you know, I didn't really care for law enforcement cause it was like tough for me anyways. So it was just easy to transition or was it like, Fuck this! Like left a scar on me because I thought this was going to be my career path. So it's a good, it's a good question, and and I think for me, I'm kind of, I would say I'm kind of in the middle. I did, and I like, I enjoyed law enforcement, and I enjoyed the career aspect of it. What I tell people is, I felt like I was very prepared to get into a law enforcement career, and I was lucky because I did go through two back to back FTO programs, and I got to see essentially like eight different good officers and how they handled their calls and how they did their things. So you went through a field, a field training at two agencies. I went through straight through FTO. Like I didn't get a rephase anywhere. I went to shadow phase and in shadow phase, I essentially went to You another. lateraled over, went to another agency. So you were a piece of shit at two departments. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. That's a lot. Damn. It is. No, I was only a piece of shit at one, one department. Fire. And that's, but I mean, for, for when you've been the boot and when you, <laughs> I was hoping that was going to come out. When you, and, and, and it's completely true like Jaime said like when you go through FTO and you go through those it's just like you're the bottom of the totem pole so it's yeah. like you're you're picking up paper you're picking up I mean you're buying the snacks or food and things like that yeah. like you're doing everything and, possible and I feel like we can we can all relate you know be, being in the military you know you're you're always you're at, you're at the bottom of the totem pole wherever where you're at yeah. absolutely private um damn man so so how's the eye now you know it's I would say it's probably about 80% to what it used to be. Again, that used to be my dominant eye. So like, like I said, I learned shooting in the academy. So with all my training and stuff, I was cross-eyed dominant. I'm right-handed, but I would always have my left eye. Oh my I, know, gosh. I know. Yeah, I know. That's um, awkward. And then my left eye was the one that got – was infected and things like that. So it was – that was a whole cluster of – problems yeah learning how to do that yeah um so it's cool. red has redness and it's always watery now so you're, you're left you're left eye dominant yes but you're right-handed yes so i'd have to be Oops. okay that's crazy i always knew you were special Corey. yeah you know specimen just, just <laughs> specimen a special good, a special specimen good, yeah. couldn't make it easy my goodness that is that is impressive yep. wow wow Wow. You know, I've heard of confused, but that's uh, that's something else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but sorry to answer your original question, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I did. I mean, you you get into that career, 
And when you actually get into the career, you kind of learn what it's about. Like when you first get into it, you think of high speed chases and you think of getting after murder suspects and things like that. Um, But when you actually get into the career, it has a, the good side and the bad side to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the time while I was there, but I think having the gym almost kind of gave me an outlet to where I didn't have to be down in the dumps too long because it was something had happened. Right. That makes sense. Right. And for you, there was no, because you already owned a gym while you were a police officer, there was no lag time. It was like, you're, yeah. were you on IOD, like injured on duty for a little bit? Yeah, I prefer a little while. I was pretty much using like all my built up time okay. already. And, so it was like from one thing to another. There wasn't yeah. like, you didn't, you weren't on IOD and you were like, fuck, what am I going to do with my life? You already had something like. Yes. On the back burner. It had already been set up and the gym had the gym had been growing at that time because when I opened the gym it was brand new. I had probably twelve to fifteen people when I had first started. And by that time we had started growing, so we were making all the payments, doing things and starting to make money from it. Wow. Um so I was kinda like I said, it's, it's I was blessed to be in that opportunity. Right. right. Yeah, and that, that's dude, that's that's a, that's huge right there. Um are they are they here? Yeah. Oh okay. somewhere. But uh give me a quick second. Or I can actually hear. Let me uh, do this. I can send a text to see if. Sorry, folks that are listening. Um, we're we're gonna carb up a little bit. Pizza. Um, pizza. Check and see. I don't know there. Um, but we'll keep the show rolling as we uh make sure that our pizza is being delivered. Um, and this goes to show that in this podcast, you know, anything flows, anything goes. Yeah. Um, just like diarrhea. <laughs> so. I like that kinda. So, um, we, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're, we're being told by, by people working out that the pizza is here and they're, they're going to be all mad at me. Yeah, they're probably not happy that we're eating pizza while they're working out. Um, but, you know, going back to, to the transitioning of um, going from law enforcement, having to step away because of a medical issue, um, you know, I, I've spoken to I've spoken to some some uh, uh, officers and some people that have tried going in, um, and I feel like usually the people that either get fired or no, I shouldn't say fired that's not the right word, but are told to walk away um, because of something out of their control, it being medical things like that. Um, they always have this. Uh, I guess not a not a grudge, but just uh, like shoulda, coulda, woulda mm-hmm. mentality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure now, you know, your wife, your family, I'm sure they're happy that you're not in that high speed, high stress environment. Um, but do you find yourself constantly thinking about that shoulda, coulda, woulda? Kind of. I mean, the the biggest part for me um, that was actually, I think most people would think that it was easy or like it was a blessing to be away from, but it was these last couple of years, it's, I mean, it's no secret that it's kind of been a nightmare for the law enforcement profession. Right. Um, just with public opinion and things like that. But when, when you are having riots and you're having such a negative outlook on law enforcement and... Like it's, it's, I, I 
pretty positive that it's very similar to like the military aspect as well. Like those are your brothers and sisters. Even though I'm not working there, I was still part of it for a while. Right. And to see them having to go through these things and because I'm not technically employed, I'm not going through it with them. That part's difficult for me. But I'll have family members and friends that are like, you're probably so thankful that you're not in law enforcement right now because it's such a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And I mean, family wise, it's probably safer. But there's no point where you don't want to be in the shit with the people that are going through the things in the shit. Like you want to be there with them, supporting them, being there through it all. Yeah. So that part over the last couple of years has been <clears throat> difficult yeah. for me. So I'm going to get a little personal. I'm in. Corey. Let's do it. <laughs> where are you mentally? Like you, you own a gym. Uh, you were a police officer. Now you're a full-time gym owner. You're, you're a full-time athlete. <laughs> you know, where are you mentally? Like, what does it, does this, does owning a gym, does it cause stress in your life? Has it been better for you? You train athletes, one of which it has, uh, what, the semifinals in, in, in yeah. the CrossFit games. Coach Eric. Yep. Yep. Hey, shout um, out to him, man. Yeah, competing in the thing. semis. So, so where are you, where are you mentally with all of this? Like, how is this play in the grand scheme of things in your life? Like, what does this put on the scale of, like, you know? I mean, I, I like I, I, was, I still always tell my wife, Caitlin, I tell everybody too, like I, I don't feel like I'm done in the law enforcement realm, whether it be going back to patrol or going back to some form in that area. But mentally right now, I can definitely tell you that I'm in like a, a much less stressful place. Um, and then what I would say like mental health, quality of life, um, I can tell a major difference in like, I mean, simply put like just happiness like i'm i feel like i'm happier at times now and you kind of touched on it before i mean i don't have a a full career of law enforcement to base it off of i have a boot schedule which is like weekend graves all the paper all the time so it's not necessarily exactly how it is um but it does man i mean i there was a big change from the the year and a half to two years where i was kind of still in it just out of it um where my relationship status had changed. Like me and Caitlin were a little bit happier. Um, I mean, when, we're, when, when I'm working, when I was working in FTO and on my own, like we were, I would say probably arguing or probably at each other's throats on something probably once a month. Um, and this is when you were on, office, when I was working and when you were like on training and stuff yeah. like that. And I mean, and, you know how it is. It's like, it's, I don't think it's anybody's fault, but when you work graveyards, get off in the morning, you're groggy. Everybody knows that first day that you're off. You're not really little off. sleep. Little sleep, you you go to the gym and your body just feels defeated or you're just tired. And then finally you wake up on Tuesday, you start to get some energy back. You yeah. might have your normal schedule. You're there for two more days and then you go back to Friday and, <laughs> and screw it all for, up. That's you know, a vicious me, cycle. I, I can un, unequivocally say that, you know, I've been a cop for 18 years, that if Corey worked for my department, I would give him every fucking report. <laughs> <laughs> handle. Take this. <laughs> Report to handle. Oh, it is, man. I'm telling um, you. I know how that life goes. You remember Monday's workout? This is why. <laughs> yeah, right. There'd be so much punishment for that. Um, so, so piggybacking off, off of mental health, I'm glad you brought that up, Jaime, because I wanted to get your perspective on it. Um, do you feel that your department or department um, offered the proper tools to deal with mental health or to be able to decompress with the stress and traumas of the job itself? 
You know, it's a it's a tough one. I feel like I feel like law enforcement and agencies they do a good job at trying to do um, try to provide those things. And I mean, they they do, especially when it comes to like critical incidents and things like that. Um, like I I remember I was the first experience that I had was actually my, I don't even know what you want to call it, my two weeks or four weeks before I actually went into the academy. You do like a bunch of admin stuff first. Mm -hmm. Um, And during that time is actually when, um, if you guys remember, the San Bernardino uh, terrorist terrorist attacks Mm -hmm. went on. And I had a lot of people at the agency um, that I was going into that were like frontline, there, SWAT, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And to see how the the mental health services for that, things like that, like they, they took care of their officers afterwards. They did a debrief. They did – therapists came out, did all that kind of stuff because that's – I mean it's a critical incident. Like mm-hmm. it's massive. Right. Um, so I know they do parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but the day-to-day yeah, life kind of thing? The day-to-day I think sometimes gets missed. Okay. Um, but it's tough. I mean it, it's, it's difficult I think to be able to provide – that much like that often um but i know it's needed mm-hmm. i can definitely tell you that it's needed i don't know the solution but i i would say this that i'm gonna hit you with the big word there's been a paradigm shift in law enforcement we went from mental health being taboo and your father who's a police chief grew oh, up yeah. was raised in a time where it was all – we're going to go back to like for episode one and two, alpha war fighting. There mm-hmm. was like any type of any type of feelings, emotions in law enforcement was viewed as a weakness. Mm-hmm. And this is why I talk about this paradigm shift that we've, we've shifted from that – from that like this stoic, hey, suck it up. Uh, you know, uh, go go home and close the bathroom and cry to yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't do that in front of people. We went from that. To where we are today, you know, and today, like Corey, we do have critical critical incident debriefs in my department and a lot of departments. We have peer counseling groups. Um, we have Counseling Team International, where if you're having issues, we're sending the counseling. So now we're in an area in, a, in an era now where those type of things aren't so taboo anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you have to seek those things. People don't criticize you for doing it anymore. You're not like, oh, dude, you're weak, you're a bitch, because you mm-hmm. you have to go seek counseling because you got in a shooting and you know you're you're feeling some type of way about it. It's not like that, right? We're 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 getting out of like that that stoic type of era, and like I said, and dude, in my department, we have we have a, a peer support group, peer mm-hmm. counseling, and that's not just my department; it's a lot of departments. And every Wednesday, I mean, just to show you, like on a small level, what they do every Wednesday. They send out email like emails every Wednesday, and it's like a like a meme of like little mental health, like <laughs> like a little mental health meme, right? Yeah. And at the beginning, people were like, "What is this? This is weird." But as time went on, people were like, "Did you see that? Did you see that meme they sent out?" It like man, it just it like hit home, and like <laughs> like all the cops are like, "We love that." It's like yeah. I see it like it came out yesterday. One came out yesterday. I don't remember what it was, but I'm like, man. That like hit home. Like it just—I yeah. <laughs> don't remember what it was because all the all the all the ones they sent are so powerful. Like yeah. it's just it's 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 so good and it relates to everybody, right? Yeah. So now it's it's, it's we're in an era now, and I like it. I like it as a, as a as a supervisor, supervising other cops. I like that because I want my guys to to know that uh, it, that as as cops um, as human beings we could be vulnerable. Right. Right. And vulnerable before was like, no way, bro. Don't, right. Nuh-uh, not in this profession. 
vulnerability is it's 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 morphed. It's become different now, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we cry and we hold hands. That could be vulnerability, but that doesn't necessarily what it means. It just means that like, dude, you're humanistic, right? Like we're human beings, and bro, Jaime. I, if you cut me, bro, guess what color I bleed? Right. <laughs> the same color as every other motherfucker, right. bro. Like, right? I have feelings. Um, uh, I hurt. I pain. Uh, I laugh. I smile. All this stuff, right? Um, and it's okay to to know to, for the world to know that as police officers we have those that we have those type of emotions too, yeah. right? The, the the key is to calculate them, right? Like how you how and when you express those things, right? If you go to a, a victim of a shooting or something like that or a car accident and a kid dies, it's probably not the best place to be like fall down and cry right there, right? Because what right. good are you as a as a as a police officer, as a right. community mm-hmm. leader, right? There's there's a time and place, I believe, for that. I think it's oh, okay 100%, to do it. Yeah. But it's a time and place for it. Like, hey, let's let's reserve that. Let's 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 do our job and then when when the job is over, let's let's decompress this. Let's talk about this. And we've done this with with some some uh, officer involved shootings I've been involved in, uh, some police officer deaths. We've had two in my department in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, one which I was uh, Sean Diamond, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. I was right next to when he got killed, and I rolled him over. Um, that's a whole story. But um, you know, through the years, I have learned to uh, decompress in a sense and and learn how to project those feelings yeah. in a positive way, yeah. not but- in a negative way. I feel like, like how you said, there's a time and place. Um, I think that's perfectly said because I think we're moving towards a an era where, yes, you want to embrace your feelings, what you're going through, things like that. However, you don't want them to be on display 100% of the time. Of course not. Where it's, so here's the way I see it is um, – you don't let your shield down mm-hmm. in front of anyone. Right. In front of everyone. Because at that point you don't know what the world is gonna do with your with your with your emotions, with your feelings and things like that. So you have to pick and choose your tribesmen, let's say, <clears throat> that you can be vulnerable with, that you can show these emotions with, where you can be in a safe place around them. Yeah. Because I feel like it can be dangerous when you are expressing all these emotions, and you know, I'll bring it back to, to my military service, is like you said yourself, if you go into a situation, a combat situation, you know, officer-involved shooting situation, and you break down crying then and there for the mission, you're not. You're not. So in those moments, it's okay to just put those feelings and emotions in the back burner mm-hmm. and then find a time and place to let them out. Uh, whether it be with your significant others, with close friends, someone within your department. Um, but I just wanted to get your take on it, on, on how you felt the, you know, the the environment was with mental health and law enforcement. Yeah, the only thing that I would, that I would touch and add on it is I feel like a lot of times in law enforcement, it's not so much the resources as much as it is sometimes it's the individual persons Mm. um because we have that i mean it's a it's it's a male dominated profession for the most part you have this mentality that like like we talked about like you guys have talked about on previous episodes too like it's you need to be strong you need to be tough and you need to show that Mm -hmm. um with the line of work that you're in right um 
it doesn't always mean that you need to keep that when you're not in the line of work or you're not, you don't have the uniform on, you're not in the field. That's when it's like, I feel like sometimes there's a gray area where people keep that 24 seven and they don't allow that sense of like to be vulnerable or to be in check with things that happen. Like I've experienced it it too. Like I've, I've, I've gone off work and I've tried to be tough and say that things didn't affect me. And then like sometimes you don't have a control over it and they affect you later. It almost becomes your identity. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And nobody wants to be like emotional or nobody wants to necessarily show emotion Mm -hmm. because I mean, you, you, your entire 12 and a half hour shift for the most part is you're supposed to be stoic and strong and Mm -hmm. the leader of your community. You don't want to necessarily be vulnerable at the same time because vulnerability is what gets you in trouble. And and that's not just, I mean, I know we talk about like military law enforcement, right? Because our podcasts are kind of centered on that, but let's take it back to like, right. Corey and Sergio, like, can you imagine if Corey came to the gym every day and he was just a fucking wreck? I'd be like, I don't want to come to this gym. Like, I'm not right gym. Why are you? Why are you, pissed off why, why are you crying when you're explaining the workout? <laughs> you know, Surge. Hey, how, about, how about Surge? He's emotional, and you're like, dude, you're gonna, you're gonna fucking, you're gonna do some shit with my teeth right now. Yeah. And I don't want you to. Fucking I'm getting touch your. Me. I'm getting your tears in my mouth, bro. I'm Q, I don't want you to cut my hair. You're, you're fucking yeah. crying right now, bro. There's some shit going yeah. on. Yeah, but. You know, but, but like I, I feel like we're all friggin' singing the same tune. It's, it's, it's. There's a time and place for a lot of this stuff, you know. And I, I think that's fair to say, um, you know, to listeners out there, whether you're law enforcement, military, it's, it's okay to express yourself and and let these feelings out. Um, but like we keep saying, there's a time and place for them. Calculated. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You, you gotta be. You gotta be smart with them. Um, because, you know, I stand firm on it's dangerous letting everyone know every single emotion that you're feeling. I feel like that could be very, very treacherous waters because you're you're giving people an in right there and you never know what they're going to use it for. That's a million percent true. Mm-hmm. That's so. true. That's a million percent true. A million percent true. Um, so I, I have this question for Corey because we were kind of dancing around it. But mm-hmm. are there <laughs> – do you experience stress here as an owner of a gym? Like, And what are your stresses? Like what do you – what do you experience here as a gym owner? I, I got to stress Zell requests for drinks. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I don't know that's, if that's, that's stress. stress. That's I don't know if that's stress, stress right for Corey as a gym owner, more as like a, a member. He sends me that, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so stressed out. <laughs> he sent me a Zell request no. for six dollars for two nor- nocos, dude. I'm like, <laughs> I'll see them and then I'll ignore them. <laughs> He does, and then he'll send it like twelve hours later. Exactly. Or he sends me, or he sends me like twenty four dollars, and I'm like, "What did you just pay for? Is this new? Is this old?" Uh, I'm like, hey, I, ha- <laughs> "I haven't done it yet, but I was always thinking about being a renegade. I probably shouldn't say, I shouldn't say this because Corey's here. If I just don't sign my name on the sheet, oh, they just oh, take no oh. brother. I got, I got that strategic camera there. Just yeah, exactly. In case. Oh, shit, I knew it. <laughs> just in case. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I had so so yeah. What, no. what, what are what are some stresses that you count or that yeah, you, you, know, I mean, you confront with the gym it to be honest it's i i mean internally i don't really consider the stressors that i deal with at the gym anywhere near like the stressors that i had in law enforcement so i almost take it like a comical approach to be okay. per, to be perfectly honest with you but i mean you have a whole different environment of stressors like you have you you for me everything it's like it's 
basically keeping the roof over your head, essentially right. letting the gym operate and make sure that you're profitable. Right. Um, so from there it's, you know, understanding the lease payment, understanding everything you pay for utilities and things like that. Um, making sure the memberships are all in line, uh, the payments and things go through at the right time. Um, and then like the little bit of stress that, that you feel is like, I mean, I, I went through being a gym owner during COVID and being a gym owner during COVID oh, was yeah. a That's nightmare. Yeah, I bet that. It That's was a tough. nightmare. I bet I bet you never were expecting anything like that to no, happen in, in your lifetime. ever. And even as it happened, I remember exactly where I was where they were like, businesses, gyms, everything shut down. I was like, shut down? I was like, yeah. there's never been anything in my lifetime. So I – not comparing. Nope. But no, I, I definitely see where you're coming from because that happened to me with, with mm-hmm. the barbershop. Well, not here, but – the previous barbershop that I was at, dude, I remember the week leading up to all the closures. They were talking about it on the news, mm-hmm. you know, saying all these things. And um, and so we were just kind of like, oh, okay, so er- everyone's getting sick, whatever, whatever's happening. And uh, it was, I want to say it was March 19th when the closures happened. I went home, literally got home from work. And all the closures happened, um, and the the owner he he called every single one of us, and he's like, "Hey guys, come pick up your tools because we don't know when we're gonna open again." Mm-hmm. So that same night, I went out. It was raining. I still remember that night perfectly. It was raining. Went picked up my stuff. Was like, "Okay, well, what are we doing?" <laughs> and yeah. everyone's like. Stand by, you know, it's, my, I, I, I can tell you, I mean, typical CrossFit fashion. I was at the mall at Coldstone in the line <laughs> at Coldstone and I was with my wife and her sister. And then they came out like with the news story, essentially that everything was shut down. And I was like, Hmm. Cause I mean, I don't get a text. Like I have to send the text to everybody like, Hey, we're closing yeah. down and things like that. So for that first, I mean, while I mean, just closed down and we're like waiting, um, so, I mean, that's, that's just tough. I mean, well, that's so, the stressor that, so, that I've kind of had. So, I got two questions for you, Corey. Number yep. one, did you eat Cold Stone? Absolutely. Okay. So, so I was upset. So, for our listeners, Corey is a human being and he does eat shit no, 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 food. No, no, no. I did get that. Oh, yeah. No, look look at this crumble box. <laughs> I got him the crumble I, box. I was trying not to say anything. I was, trying to, I was trying to cover for him. But, but, but here's the thing. If here's you had a video, thing. you'd see a crumble this, cookie and some whiskey in my hand right now. Right? We should take a picture right now. Here's the thing is that. The fact that this man is an athlete, can compete at the level that he competes at, mm-hmm. and still casually says, yeah, I got cold stone. Yeah, I eat crumble. Yeah, this. Yeah, I'm like, bro, like, was I on the short bus when it came to the athletic jeans? Because, dude, like, I'm going to be paying for this for two days. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that. I I will too, but. I think the key, the, the key is moderation, right? So, you know. Yeah. I would say like Corey probably has like a glass or two of whiskey, like maybe a half a crumble cookie. You drink the whole fucking bottle. Why are you saying you? <laughs> Us. When, okay, thank you. We. Thank you. We. We. Don't make this a me issue. This is an us issue. <laughs> to my second question. Did you – What were you – was a gym like open underground? Can I say that? Underground or like people I th- listening I think to you can now. just like the better um, business bureau. Or what are they, was there some shit that like people were like – they don't want it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a. I'm a. It's over. A, who cares? Who gives a shit? Right. I'm a bleep. I'm a bleep that. Yeah. But <laughs> just the constant. Beep, so yeah. You you were open beep. essentially. You so had. We were essentially closed down uh, for I want to say maybe part of that first month, maybe two weeks to mm-hmm. a month ish, 
And then um, I basically did everything I could because, I mean, I, political things aside, uh, the gym has to pay the bills because I had to pay my lease and the leasing company came for money. And if I'm not charging memberships, then we ain't making money. You got to put food on the table. So- exactly. So I did a – I basically did it kind of like on a volunteer schedule. I rented out equipment for like the first month or two where mm, nobody was working out inside, but they could come pick up the equipment and then drop it off every mm, week and replace that's it. That's pretty smart. That shit, is very smart. So people took barbells, kettlebells, things, did used it for a week, brought it back. I washed it and then issued it out again later. Wow. After about a month or so – we stopped doing the rentals and then we started doing like a volunteer basis mm-hmm. where essentially somebody with a key would be exercising in the gym at that time. And if you happen to come by, cool. Yeah. And I would tell you what time they were going to be here. So, <laughs> so, so I like it. Pretty I mean, smart. no, it is I, smart. if this ever happens again, I ended up hearing a cheat code for gyms to stay open. Um, and you probably could have gotten away with this. Lock your fucking door. <laughs> Besides that. <laughs> So I ended up finding out or hearing, don't know how true it is, but um, damn it, what? there's a gym, whether it was Planet or, or, or Anytime Fitness, they hired a, um, like a chiropractor or a physical therapist mm-hmm. to set up shop inside the gym because at that point, they're technically essential. And testing people? No. Had, well, no. no the gym could stay open essential. because they're an essential worker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The gym could stay open. Because they have that physical therapist or that chiropractor in there, so mm-hmm. I, I, I had heard this. How convenient! <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> how convenient! So I had heard this. I don't out, know Dr. how Abby. true it is. Yeah, <laughs> don't know how true it is. However, um, you know, God forbid this ever happens again. Um, there's, there's that option there. One of the saving graces, to be honest, was the the ventilation, like the roll up doors. The fact that you have the roll up doors, like twenty four hour fitness, doesn't do that, but. Usually your CrossFit gym will have some sort of roll-up door out there yeah. that allows ventilation, which, I mean, during the entire COVID debacle, like, was something that was important. Yeah. Right. And eventually um, gyms, like, went to, like, 24-hour fitness. Like, they, they moved their equipment outside. Right, under, yeah. Like, fucking under yeah. tarps. I remember, tarps. yeah, I remember yeah. Choose having, having yeah. their fitness in parking lots and stuff, Gold's right. Gym. That, that's actually why I started CrossFit was because my gym was closed. I, I truth be told, I always thought CrossFit was, like, a very cliquish. uh you know, people at work did it, and I was nah. like, "Oh, cool, bro! You did, you did." A, I'm like, "Oh, cool, bro! You did a hundred box jumps." Today. It's a you, cult. You you grabbed a wall ball and threw it at a line on the wall. I thought I was like, you know, try it. I'm like, you're lame, dude. Whatever, bro. Yeah. Until I actually did it, because my gym was closed, and you know, I came in, and I remember the first day I came in, I saw. I saw yes. like females, and and that's not no knock to females. I saw like females that were doing like handstand walks, and they were like doing muscle ups, and I'm like, yeah, no biggie, I could do this. Yeah, and I tried it, and I realized my flexibility was shit, and I actually sucked at CrossFit. Yeah, and since I have an OCD type of personality, I'll do something until become good at you? it. Yeah, me, you, wow. you never. I'll either, never. I'll either do it be, until I become decent at it, right? Not that I'm saying I'm not decent at CrossFit because I don't think I am, but <laughs> I'll kill myself <laughs> or I'll quit it, right? <laughs> right? I like tried golf when I was like in my early 20s, and I like killed hey, myself. Hey, and, hey, well, you, you, you got, okay. you got co-owners. Listen, you got co-owners to Bogey Daddy's Golf Club listen, right here. Listen, so. I, I, I tried golf for a year, right? Like I said, I have this obsessive personality. I want to be good at it. And if I'm not good, I'm gonna quit it. I, dude, I had, I had like the shoes, the stupid little stuff you guys wear when you golf. 
I had the, the clothes. 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 The clothes. Yeah. clothes. Yeah. A hat. The clothes. <laughs> the one with the little, the little shorts. The little, shorts your, your and your a hat. Shirt. Your hat with the little uh, ball on the end of it. The cotton ball. Okay, no. Someone was was Somebody making you be a clown you. out there. That's that's no. Anywho, I had the whole the whole shebang, and I did it for like a year and a half, and I sucked at it. I I was horrible at it, and I quit. Like I I so, just so I, I I see where you're coming from with starting CrossFit. Um, I I didn't start CrossFit until after COVID was kind of subsiding and all that stuff. And uh, it, it was Fry technically that got me into into CrossFit. He was he was one of my clients. Oh, and, that's right. He was your client. Yeah, he was my client. Right. I'm and, sorry. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, at least he was coming to me. You were going to someone else. So um, not to throw that out there. I was loyal. Yeah, loyal. <laughs> Emotional damage. I promise you, I almost said that, and I'm so happy that you actually played it. I was starting to set so, it up. <laughs> so so uh, I'm not gonna lie, I, dude. I was I was. I mean, you guys met me when I first started. I was I was chunky, you know. I was super chunky when I first started. I mean, not saying that I'm like super fit now. I still got a little fluff, but um, I jeans. remember. Yeah. You wear tighter jeans now. I mean, well, no, that's because my quads are getting bigger. Look at you. So, so that's what it is right there. But um, so I remember telling or Fry actually had told me. He's like, hey, he's like, he's like, your your smock, your stuff, it's fitting you kind of tight. Like, why don't you try CrossFit? For, for a little while, I was like, no, 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 no. So I finally tried it. I finally caved in, and I'm like, all right, fine. I'll go do it. And, um, dude, I I tell people here this story that I, I remember getting humbled because there was a workout that we were doing. It was a one-mile buy-in, the workout, a one-mile cash-out, you know, which means you run the mile in the beginning, you do the workout, you do the mile at the end <laughs> for those listeners that don't do CrossFit. I remember finishing my workout, and I'm about to start the cash out the last mile and diana Lindsay, and emily were finishing their mile mm-hmm. and i was like dude <laughs> i felt like i felt so small so small mm. i'm like bro this is insane like they just whooped me they blew me out of the water um but you know it was i saw that and i'm like okay i got you know just work harder just keep doing this yeah you know? and then we come here and i'm like <sighs> even worse yeah yeah even i remember the first two weeks or three weeks, no the first month i would give him two months now think i'm thinking about it like what the hell is going on here this is these workouts are not supposed to be this hard i'm like well for me i remember when same thing the first couple weeks that we were doing the warm-ups and i'm sweating finishing yeah. the warm-ups and i'm like brother i was like this is just the warm-up i thought your workout your your whole thing was let's just kill them so that they <laughs> no no, no. Here, here's so the thing no this is this here's is the thing place. and we're gonna take it back to Corey. is uh i've come to realize anytime Corey goes on vacation and yeah take take a sip of that say, glass grab this whiskey yeah, yeah take like a sip of that <laughs> anytime Corey goes on vacation your best bet is to take a week off from the gym <laughs> because while he's sipping my ties and daiquiris on a beach, mm-hmm. he is writing the most disgusting workouts. <clears throat> Does he do that? Does he drink my ties? And oof, do you? I, next month we're going to Hawaii. Oof, it's gonna be my tie central again. <laughs> <laughs> but I, just, I will. But I will. I wake just came up in back the from there, buddy. You better save your money. It's expensive. <laughs> oh, I will. I will wake up and still work out in the morning, though. That's my goal. I don't know because you what your last Hawaii trip. You were was it you or was it? 
Caitlin and and I'm Caitlin. Caitlin I'm not trying to no. throw you under the bus, but someone mentioned that you guys were going to try to find a box in Hawaii. We did to go do wads. We did. Did you guys actually go do wads? We went and did one wad, and I paid for their week thing, which is and how very you overpriced there out there. Wow. Let me tell you, uh, we were there for ten days, I think. Eight, and you guys did one wad. Days. We did one wad, and we did one run, and then after about two three days, Caitlin was over it. Like I. Okay, fine. I was over it too, and we didn't work out again. <laughs> Not one. We snorkeled. Yeah. <laughs> you golfed. Yeah, and in golfed, Hawaii and golfed often. Yeah. But you know, I would say that I when we just, you know we just came back from Hawaii a few weeks ago, um, and I'm broke. By the way, <laughs> I'm fucking broke. I have to work overtime. I'm broke. It is expensive. <laughs> it's expensive. Um, but we went on hikes and shit. We didn't go to a CrossFit gym, right? We went on hikes, and there was hikes that was like a thousand fucking steps to, to heaven. And you know, I almost yeah, I, I think I saw you guys. You guys did that one. Um, did you guys do the Diamond Head? Yeah, we did. When I went, we when did. I went to Hawaii, I yeah. did the Diamond Head one. That one, that one was nice. Yeah, every every day cool. we did something. We did like a hike yeah. or just. And I, you know, even after all that, I still gained weight. I don't know how the fuck I gained weight, but I did. Well, because you weren't doing a wad. Prime rib. And you're pro- prim- prim- hey, hey, it wasn't a wad. I got no, no, no. I, I got what it was. It was fucking mango sticky rice. Mango sticky rice. <laughs> he, was, he was eating mango sticky rice for every meal. It was mango sticky rice and a lot of fucking alcohol. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot of it, too. Yeah. There we go. I will try to make the workouts not as bad when I leave this time. Don't lie to us. I'll do my best. Don't, don't lie to no. me. I, I know every time. And you know the funny thing is? I've even talked to Thad about this. That... Every time you guys go on vacation, your guys' workouts are atrocious. Well, I think a lot of it too is sometimes like when I'm here during the week, I'll know how people really are feeling. Like everyone that I come into my classes is beat up. They're like this week. Like, like I was going to say like this week. Yeah. Like, was, everyone's yeah. destroyed from Murph. Yeah. And then we did the lunges and we don't do lunges that often. So pretty much everybody's yeah. sore from those lunges. So it's like. Now I hear that, so I'm like, I make changes. When I'm gone, I don't hear these things and see. So when people are already beat up, I'm like, ah, oh, they're fine, whatever. It's no, no, no. My no, toes no. are sore. My <laughs> fucking toes are sore. No, no. How's that possible? <laughs> when Corey's gone, all I picture is him sitting by the pool with the daiquiri in his hand, looking at his looking at his Wattify app, and just going. <laughs> a those skinny losers. margarita? Yeah, a skinny margarita saying those suckers are going to pay for this. Usually, Thanks for my vacation. I will usually order a dessert right at that moment too. And then oh, the damn you, Corey. Get my sweets in. Wow. <laughs> Here's a good question for you. I'm curious about this, Corey. Mm-hmm. You, you're like a, a very few people, very selective people that I know that I work at work or just in my personal life that you're just a good dude. You have like a good fucking heart. Like you're just, I've told this to, to, to our little, our little close group here. I'm like, dude, you just, you're a good dude. Like you don't wear your emotions on your sleeve. And I don't know if it's a business owner aspect of you. You're just like a good dude. Everybody likes Corey. I appreciate that. Um, And I'm curious, is that like, is that a business owner facade or is that how you are like in real life? Like if I were to get, if I were to like kick you out of here and put Caitlin on the mic, is she going to be like, this motherfucker is psycho? (laughs) Or is that like, is that how you really are? Like, how do you process this? Is that like, are you like, like, is that how you really live your life by that? Yeah. So my, I mean, very low key. You're just, man, that's, I I mean, I mean, obviously a lot of stuff is learned, but I, I've, 
I've always kind of found uh, a couple things, and and to be honest, I kind of I learned a lot of things in my life. Um, like my mom, like did a lot of good raising me in terms of like how to be, how to treat people, how to do things. And to like interrupt that. you, your mom is also an yeah. absolute. She is just amazing. She yep. she's here at she comes to this gym. Oh yeah. And she does the workouts. I swear I see her like seven days a week here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's always um, here working out. She's and here helping behind I'm not the sure how old she is, but she looks amazing. Yep. And she beats most of the 20-year-olds here. So yeah. um, she is... that, that counts for something. But yep. anyways. Um, no, my – I mean I always laugh because my goals, like when I think of things like that, is there's enough like negativity going on that – I always appreciate it when people can bring like positivity into an environment and not even just like over the top positivity, but just like you actually care about what somebody's saying, like somebody that actually makes eye contact with you, listens to you and can actually go back and forth with you in a positive way. Um, and then what's funny is my dad's motto. Again, my dad retired police chief, uh, moved up the ranks quickly. Um, he gave me a lot of things that I keep in my life um, that I, I consider like cheat codes, kind of like I talked about earlier. Like his number one thing my entire life was be kind, be kind, be kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's coming from a police chief. He was telling his son, be kind, be kind, be kind. And it's like you're going to – you don't even have to be – like if you're a, if you're an individual that can talk to people – get in deep with people, communicate well, and be kind overall, you're going to get way more things accomplished Mm -hmm. than the people that are constantly going back and forth, arguing or doing secretive things behind other people's backs. And that's just kind of something I grew up with at a young age. And I don't know if it's just, you know, the, the, the business owner in you or these, these morals that you grew up with, but I have taken notice that every day when people come in this gym, Corey gives him a, a, a greeting or some type of a pleasantry, right? And it's usually followed up by like some type of dance. And I don't, I don't know if I can say this on I mean, this podcast, so, but but for, for a <laughs> white boy, can I say this? Can yeah, I say that? Yeah, yeah for absolutely. a fucking white boy, this move. guy can fucking move, bro. <laughs> Here's the thing: I feel like he's an honorary Boricua Puerto Rican or something, dude. <laughs> oh, because yeah. the man listens out, to reggaeton. Like, it's his job. <laughs> like, it's his damn job. That's why, like, even I, I even t- mentioned it to him uh, before we started this. Uh, I told him, like, hey, you like the song that I put on for the little story that I posted on IG? Because I put on Bad Bunny. I was like, that's for him, you know? Um, you don't have but- to understand the lyrics to like it, okay? I learned that <laughs> in my life, right? So here's the thing, is, is going back to what you're saying, I agree with you a thousand percent, Jaime, where, you know... For you having to run a gym, keep people essentially in check, um, you are very positive. You're very, very, very positive. positive. And, and, and I will tell, you know, Dad and I, we actually had a conversation about this. Um, I think this was like maybe one of the first times that I had cut his hair or something like that. And um, I had brought you up. And, and I go, I was like, you know, so how long have you, have you been with Wendy? So on and so forth. And he was telling me the, the history a little bit. And, um, I, and I told him, I'm like, I was like, so has Corey, ha- have he, has he always been like this? Just always positive, just handling situations in, I guess, a low stress 
manner. I'm not saying that you don't worry about these situations, but the way you handle them, it's very just um, you kind of just roll with the punches. And and Thad himself, he's like honestly, he's like Corey is probably one of the most level-headed, calm guys I have ever met in my entire life. And um, you know, I I could definitely say I appreciate you for that. Because uh, your wife has yelled at me before, and that scares the shit out of me. <laughs> I was going to say, then that's somewhere else we can take this conversation, where if you ask her, <laughs> right, exactly. she's going to roll her eyes 15 times, and then she'll tell you exactly, exactly. what she thinks um, I hope she listens to this, by the way. Yeah, oh, she I, will. I, oh. I hope so, too. But um, I, And Caitlin, you know, much love to you. You know, we got nothing but absolute love for you. Uh, but one of the big things, one of the times where, where stress and you handling it so positively stuck out to me is um we were golfing one day a couple months back oh boy I, the stress and, uh, really creeps in when i golf so and uh well no here's the crazy part is is uh we're golfing and the gym was left unlocked and oh, yeah. uh caitlin is calling and texting you and she's kind of getting on the situation itself and you're just kind of like I gotta hit this shot. <laughs> I'm gonna hit this shot real quick, and 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 seeing that, I'm like, man, dude, I wish I could handle stress that well, or at least just be so positive about it. Well, I mean, I I, I related a lot. Like I kind of told you guys earlier, like I don't consider that many stressors here. Mm-hmm. Anything nearly close to the stressors that you have in law enforcement, mm. and that's why I, I almost feel like it's. I, I I laugh sometimes. I think it's comical, like when I have stressors at the gym where it's like somebody forgot to lock a door, and it's like, or someone locks themselves out. Yeah, or locks themselves out, or like, something like that. Doesn't show up. I did, or it doesn't show up. <laughs> yeah. No, I've locked myself out before. But but things like that happen, and I mean, it's. I mean, yeah, it's not the best thing it's not the best look for the gym and that's the part that kind of bugs me is it's like that's out of my control but it's going to also affect people how the way people view my establishment for right example. but compared to the stressors of like rolling freaking code to a call of something happening like in the grand scheme of things it's like it's not a stressor mm. it's like you can solve it and be fine that's but the other ones like that's that's real Dude, that, that, that is <clears throat> Let me tell you, that's a skill, bro, because if I could live my life like that, like, I'm not like Corey. You're uh, like me. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I had a life, I had a life differently there. sometimes, right? Like <laughs> for certain things, I'm high power on certain things, um, and I'm very matter of fact with it. That's, that's almost and, everything. <laughs> and you guys, I mean, you guys know, right? Like you guys can feel when I'm like stressed out, like I have a stressed oh, out day at work. Like I, I yes. project it, right? And I'm trying to change that, but... I my goal is to be like Corey, right? To like to 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 take it as it comes, right? Because truth be told, and and I read this book, and it's such a powerful book, and I encourage all the listeners to read this book. And my partner, who's got promoted recently, now turned my boss, Dion Brown. God bless him, uh, Marine Corps drill instructor, um, and was my partner for several years. Uh, fuck yourself. Cheers. Cheers. Was my partner for the last several years yeah. um, and recently got promoted as now my boss um, nice. and just an amazing human, dude. Mm-hmm. He told me to read this book and it's called As a Man Thinketh. Right? And it's a very short read. It's a very short, short, short read. And I encourage everybody to read this book. And it talks about just like mindset, right? 
and it talks about like how these these stressors, right? Like the stressors that we deal with, um, the way that we interpret things that that is all internally generated. Oh yeah. Like the stress, the, like life, there will always be stress in life, but the way that we handle it, that's dude, that's all on us, right? Like we 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 deal with shitty situations. Like every human being will deal with a shitty situation. It all depends on how you deal with that, right? Yeah. Like. It doesn't matter, bro. Like, let's say you're whatever. Just think of a shitty situation. There, there can be a million of them. Nobody tells you, "Hey, you got to deal with that this way. You got to be stressed out. You got to be mad about it." Right. Nobody does that. You only your mind does it. And I wish I could quote this line from this book, but it talks about like how, you know, in the in in your own thoughts, like your your mind is is an armory of weapons mm-hmm. that that is essentially will 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 produce like war right like that's only your mind does that nobody does that for you only your mind does that like you mm-hmm. you deal with the situation how your mind deals with it like only you deal with that you know so even in shitty situations you can deal with that a specific way right mm-hmm. like Corey, right like he deals with shitty situations like like bro i'm just gonna let it you know i'm gonna roll off my sleeve like i'm just gonna I'm going to deal with it in a calm, collective, cool way. And sometimes I deal with it like that. And sometimes I'm like, bro, I, I, I'm human. I stress out sometimes, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm like, you know what, dude? I come to the gym. I don't want to fucking talk to any of you guys. I'm going to do my work. I'm going to go home. I'm going to eat dinner. I'm going to go to bed. And when I wake up, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's how I deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. I wish I could deal with it different ways. And I'm trying to learn to control that, right? Because that's a skill, bro. Mm-hmm. Corey, what you have is a skill, it's a skill, right? It's a it's a skill. Not everybody has that skill, and I'm learning that. Um, and yeah, it's 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 a very powerful thing, bro, to be able to 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 control your thoughts and control your situation, right? Mm-hmm. Because that that's that's fact. Only mm-hmm. we deal with, mm-hmm. only our minds allow us to deal with the situation. It it, 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 it dictates how we handle it. It is what you, what you're saying essentially is like it's easier to say than to do. Like, oh yeah, you're saying what Always. you need to do. You are absolutely Always. saying what you need to do to kind of change the way you sleep, the way mm-hmm. your body feels. And to just to add on it, or actually expand on it, is that's another thing that kind of, I mean, one of the mottos that I kind of had growing up, especially like I, I relate everything to sports. But one of my biggest mottos was, um, fail to plan, plan to fail. Mm. So yeah, I, I, like I internally, I like I may not look like it, but when something when i think of a situation arising i'm thinking of infinite solutions mm. like i almost feel like marvel like doctor strange where he sees all the freaking things in his <laughs> yeah. head not nearly to that scale <laughs> but along those that. lines where you're like i'm if this happens what can i do if this right. happens what can, so i'm already kind of prepared yeah any way that it happens so there's no reason for me to get stressed out about it because i'm like i've thought about each potential scenario yeah and then when it comes up i have an idea of what direction i need to go so that's one thing that's kind of stuck with me since i was little and i mean now you get into like law enforcement and things become much more serious or things become much more vital to making good decisions and then outside of law enforcement you can still apply the same exact rules it's just it's not as vital right Um, right it's not life or death yes to those to those situations Um, so so I wonder, like, since we're on this topic, since you're so like calm, cool, and collected most of the time, do you argue at home? Oh with, yeah, <laughs> with Caitlin? because we we are polar opposites. So okay, the, and, and the, so 
I'm I, I'm gonna guess that like you probably stay up and like play video games all fucking night long with Q. Probably. Hey, why are you making fun of us? <laughs> I didn't make fun of you. I just. But I, I, I'm that, also that's, that's very... I'm also probably the oldest 31 year old. So when it's like eight o'clock, it's bedtime for me. Okay, I need to get in bed and. Stay and to and get ready. you know, here here's to throw a middle finger at you. Yes, I agree <laughs> with that because there are times where it'll be 8:30, pushing nine, and he doesn't even say bye. He'll just. You'll just get off. I'm like, well, okay, I guess it's time yeah, to get no, off. Are you sure it's him or somebody but, pushing the button? Like, oh, you're so, done. So Kay- uh, it's probably Caitlin pushing the button. <laughs> you so you Kay- need to go to bed. So I see, like, Caitlin and I are probably, like, more, like, 100%. we're in sync with each other. I was going like, to let just... you know that a little bit ago. But that's that's the difference. Is we are opposites when it comes to, like, those things. And neither one's wrong. You could say that mine's a little more, like, calm when you do it. But she also, she has a little bit more... She likes things done a certain way. Me too. And she we call she it structure. Re- yeah, she react. She reacts to it. Or so OCD. Like, we call, like, we like, call it's structure, but yeah, it's when you structure. when you have someone like OCD. me who's a little bit more like I mean, I laid back. Relax. Yeah, laid back. It, things don't bother me as much. Mm. Like when I leave the clothes or the towel on the floor, I can see she's itching. She's yeah. twitching I already. I would fuck you up. If oh you did yes, that in my dude. House. I'm telling so, that right now. So that's where we have our arguments is because like it, she'll reach her boiling point. Or the and, soda, the, the the soda cans. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or I'm leaving water bottles or soda cans yeah. on the counter or yeah, something like that. Would also piss me off. Yeah. By the way. Exactly. And <laughs> and and Thank so you. she she'll hit like she'll have a fuse for those things, and usually the only fuse that I have is like her like her reactions to things are almost my fuse. <laughs> So it's, it's weird where it's like she'll get mad that my clothes are on the floor and then, then at the end of that conversation, I'll be getting mad that she's getting mad so much yeah. about the clothes on the floor. So what you're, what you're saying is that it's your, it's all your fault. It usually, you being your I'm going to be honest, about 99.9% of the time it's my fault. <laughs> and when it is Caitlin's fault, and when it is Caitlin's fault, fault, I'm going to secretly be so happy. I was just going to say that. I'm fault. like, Caitlin, if you're listening to this thing, you're not at fucking fault. <laughs> you dig into his ass. No, and no, no, no. no. A fucking no, 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 because I got, I got to defend us. Uh, you know, I got to defend, you know, the husbands a little bit. Because, yeah, it, majority of the time, yes, us husbands, we, we fall short. You know, we do have our little hiccups here and there. But that's because the wives, they make a home for us. They make a home for us. However, that like 0.1% of them being wrong, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes, Emily, I love you to death, but damn, do they do they do a good job at turning it back on you. <laughs> Doesn't take long. And you're just like, well, I'm apologizing for something that <laughs> you did, but I'm sorry, I guess. Oh, yeah. um, yeah. but, but no, I mean, and, and and all truth be told, like it's, I think you need that. Like, I think mm. you need both of those. Cause like balance. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's like, and I know sometimes like I'm very laid back and like you said, and I, and though that has good things and bad things. Like when it's something that maybe is a little more important mm-hmm. and I'm still acting laid back, like that will set her off or will set other people off. Like no. you need to focus a little bit more. And I've had problems with that before at school, like where I was laid back about something and mm-hmm. I should have focused a lot more yeah. and my grade reflected it. But, and it's, I mean, you need those things to counter each other. So going back to what you were saying originally with, you know, the, 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 all the positivity or negativity, it's all within ourselves. Um, you know, I'll even bring it to barbering. And I, I, I will say that when a client of mine comes to me and there's an issue 
that they have, whether they're venting or anything like that, majority of the time they're painting these scenarios in their head, excuse me, that are, that are negative. You know, situations that haven't even happened yet. For example, I, I even I had a client a couple days ago who was telling me about a situation. He's like, "Hey, I need I need your input on on whatever the situation is," mm-hmm. and I was I was telling him, "I'm like." you're you're letting the person fail or you're 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 making the person fail before they can even fail if, if that makes sense yeah mm-hmm. the, the the person hasn't even failed yet but in your head they already did yeah and i think that's just it, human nature i don't mm-hmm. know whatever it is it is and, and i even tell emily this all the time where she tells me uh she'll paint the negative scenarios in her head oh well what about this negative what about this negative and for me, I usually tell her, I'm like, well, babe, what if it does work out? What if something good actually comes from it and, and, it, and it's positive? But again, going back to what you were saying is I, I call it trauma, call it, you know, us being raised this way, whatever. Um, I just feel like that's our very first... Uh, reaction to any situation whether we've gone through it or whether it it might yeah. be coming in the future we 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 react to it um in a negative way and, so and caitlin's the same way in those ways a lot more because we'll i mean she'll she'll come to me a lot and like break down a scenario at work or something like that and ask me how i'd handle it or ask me how i'd react to it because i am a little bit more laid back to those things mm-hmm. and I always tell her all the time, I was like, you spent the last hour like beating yourself up, stressing and negative and having this bad attitude about something that has not even happened yet. Yeah. And I was like, so if it never happens, you still don't get that hour mm-hmm. back that you just spent. Oh, like you can, you can plan and be okay with it and understand it. And then when it happens, yes, allow it. Right. But just plan for now. Don't allow, act like it already happened. But when happened. you're letting it consume you. Yeah, and then you're already mm-hmm. mad and then the thing never happens, then it's like what did we just spend the right. last two hours being angry over? And, and to put things into perspective, your wife isn't just full-time gym owner. She also has a full-time job. She's yes. a nurse. She's a, she works in pharmaceutical sales. Pharmaceutical sales, so she yes. has a full-time job and yep. she comes here and works out full-time also, mm-hmm. so it's like, yep. wow. Different stressors. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think I, you guys got to think about like if if it's not going to matter tomorrow, why why are you stressing so much about it? And you're absolutely right, Sergio. Um okay. I some of us just eat everything like, "Oh my god, this is going to happen. This is going to happen." But if it's not going to matter in a, tomorrow or if it's not going to matter a year from now, why worry so much about it? Well, let me ask you a question, yeah. bud. Do you do that? Like I t- you and me are polar opposites where it bothers me it'll bother me to the point where i'm like i think about it and i get super angry mm-hmm. and i may lash out may say a couple of things but at the end i just close my eyes and i'm out i don't mm-hmm. think about it anymore and it's not going to affect me tomorrow and we've we've just we talked about this just this past weekend uh that you that you sleep, right? You actually, you, you're like, you get good sleep at fucking nine o'clock. You're like, no, if, if I put my, my head in the pillow right now, good night guys. I'm you're, out. You're fucking lights out. <laughs> good night. And you wake up at old, like what, zero five in the morning, right? You uh, go to work and five thirty. Five thirty. you know, like me, I don't do that. I fucking, you guys know I pull all nighters. Like yeah. I can't sleep. Yeah. I'll be up at fucking three in the morning and yeah. all my, all my all nighters are dangerous because 
what do I do when I'm up all night? I order right. shit on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I will tell hey, for, for those for, yeah. for, 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 for our listeners, I have never met someone <laughs> that has so many different options of ice shapes in my life you want a cubed one you want a, a sphere you want a long tube you want a octagon shaped you want a hexagonal is that hexagonal is that a word hexagonal any shape of ice you yeah. want Jaime is your man. That's, he, he will have that. That's sleepless nights, just so you know. Hey, every time I see Jaime, I think of him coming in with a coat and then just having some, uh, some what you jello shots. Some, some jello, jello shots. That's Christmas party time. Um, All mean. that shit. It's sleepless nights. Like, and I'm and, and and that relates to everything. Like, I'm sure there's people that are listening that also have like those sleepless nights. And Corey, these guys, these guys know. I like they know. I tell them about like my sleepless nights. Like, man, I just. Yeah. I didn't sleep all night. Like I will pull all nighters. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Like I cannot sleep. Like just my mind, yeah. it just goes. And I'm like, we talked about this last weekend with Sergio. I'm like, man, I wish, I wish I could have, like right. a mind like that, right? But, like they just yeah. they rest. And I can't. I, but and, but I, I I think you know, and, and we don't have to get full into it because I think we talked about it on the first episode where it's like it's a job, it's a job that you have. It demands you to be a certain type of person, um, and I can I can touch on it too. And being a fan of the podcast and listening to it, and that's exactly that. what I'm thinking of right now. Is you've related to it before in the past in previous episodes where you go straight from military into law enforcement just like that, and I can relate with my like I said I have nowhere near the amount of law enforcement experience that you do, but the time that I was there of like getting off work, yeah. trying to go to sleep, and my sleep schedule, my everything just in that short time, it is horrific. Yeah, and it's like I might sleep two hours, and then I'm up, and then I'm thinking about a, a call that I had, or I'm thinking about a report, yeah. or I'm thinking about something. So I guarantee you, after I, 17 years, that's mm-hmm. I, you a know lot what I think it. it is. I think it's stress. Oh yeah. So I I have real I have come to realize in the last few years, and that's why I ask about like stresses at yeah. the gym. I always ask this question because I try I try to ask other people like how they deal with it, and it, 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 the way I deal with it is it is it fucked up or am I doing the right thing or am I doing the wrong thing? Right? Like, <laughs> am I a bad person? I want to know. You know what I mean? Like, I just <laughs> I have stress in my like my my position is stressful. There's no there's no question about it. my position no question, is stressful, yeah. right? Yeah. And. It's been a constant struggle in the last few years to deal with that stress. And like, you know, Corey didn't know me a few years before, but I, I, I had no stress in my life. I loved, you know, I work great details in my department. I'm in a very stressful position right now. And it has taken a toll on me. It, it that's a fact. Um, it has caused issues in my personal life. It has caused issues in my professional, you know, I, dude, I've never had fucking gray hairs. Dude. Q has to cut my sides. If you don't cut my sides, Q. Oh, I know. I look like you. <laughs> Go ahead. A silver Plex. fox. A silver fox. <laughs> Emotional damage. You can't only play it for us. You got to play it for you too. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey, how, take, how you but maybe, hey, bro, maybe. But what I was gonna jeans. say. No, maybe it's jeans, bro. And you look good with it, though. That's the thing. I don't look good with gray hairs, bro. <sighs> Anywho, that's that's very. So I don't know how I feel about this. So thing. for the last the last three plus years, I have been juggling with this stress, and I'm gonna tell you, the first time in my life, I've never experienced stress. I always hear. I've always heard people like my sister's a principal for Corona Northwest. She's like, I'm stressed out, and you know, she would talk about like how it would manifest personally and. And I'm like, you just fucking, you just, you're just weak. 
until I was in this position. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and and let me tell you what, bro. Stress is a real thing, bro. It, oh yeah. It doesn't fuck up. It doesn't fuck with you, like just mentally, physically oh, manifesting you, bro. I didn't have gray hairs before I went in this position, bro. Three and a half years later, I have gray hairs. Like it's 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 I'm tired. Well, um, I'm just it has it not, it, it, it has an effect not, on you, bro. N- not to get into like the whole scientific part of it, but it, it's all that cortisol. You know, cortisol is what's gonna eat you up. You know, that, that's what's gonna hold on to all the fat because when when you're stressed out, your body is in you know pretty much a fight or flight mode. And so it's going to try to hold on to everything That's true. you have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to survive when you're put back into yeah. a stressful situation. And that's that's and that's kind of like what I touch on where I talk about like stress in law enforcement versus stress in the gym and things like that. Like even in my short stint with law enforcement that I was in, like I had calls going on that I could tell you like the entire hour that I was on the call, I can paint a very vivid picture of the calls and how I responded to them afterwards. Because to me, those were like the, some of the first times that I experienced like these extremely high stress Mm -hmm. and like not, not being okay afterwards and like Mm -hmm. learning how to deal with that kind of thing. Like being physically sick at a random moment because of the call. And it's like, those things are like, it, it happens. I'm, yeah. I'm always curious about this too. Corey, how old is your dad? Born in 64, so almost 60. Okay. Yeah. He's young. And, and for the most part, still pretty healthy and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I, I, I look at someone like you that deals with stress really yep. well. And you're going to, dude, you're going to live to be fucking in your 90s. And you're just, like, mm-hmm. someone like me, like, I just, and, you know, my family's genes aren't. Hold on a second. I, I was reading a report where. If you do CrossFit, it doesn't help you. <laughs> hey, Look, that's it. Corey, he said, he said I'll be membership. fine. He never said I'll be walking. He said I'll be fine. So, I, 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 I look at it like that, right? My, my, and I don't want to say – I don't want to compare myself to my family genes because my, my – the men in my family have a history of cancer, right? And it's because a, my father has cancer right now and that's a subject we'll talk about some other time down the road. But – my uncles, my my uncle, my grandfather died of cancer um, because they were they were they smoked. They were like chicharron eating, fucking beer drinking, fucking Mexicans, bro. You know what I mean? My dad wasn't. My dad is not like them. My dad didn't smoke. He didn't. So it's a different story that we will talk about in another podcast. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I didn't want to be that, right? I don't want to. I, I don't want to be that, bro. But I feel like. I have adopted the stress in my genes, right? Like I, and I am in this struggle right now. And and I'm I'm at a point in my life where I'm okay to admit it. Like I'm I'm in this point in my life. And that's why I ask Corey about it. I I ask like, why how you deal with it so good that I'm trying to figure out like how to live with this stress, like and just and not kill myself but, over it, bro. I want to re- I want to be a cop. I want to retire like Corey's dad, bro, and just. Well, not die after fucking how long did your dad be retired? Uh, two thousand ten. Shit, multiple years. Yeah, but a lot of cops. Damn. Yeah, before before you give too much, this is also kind of like here's like I, I kind of like make the joke where you made the joke last year about like untwisting the jar a little bit with like feelings in the yeah. last episode. Mm-hmm. So this is I'll touch on this a little bit. Is that this is where kind of I think I also have a lot more level headedness about it now. Is when my dad retired, he retired. Um, he, he had medical issues when he retired, and it was um, 
almost like I don't want to call it psych related issues, mm-hmm. but he was it was high stress. It was like put into a stressful environment, yeah. and he retired with things where it was like he was like shaking trying to write his name, mm-hmm. couldn't remember his name, trying to sign it, Fuck. things I, like that. I can't blame him, bro. Like yeah. I'm, uh, uh, so and good. Well, that's, go. that's where the that's the road we don't want to hear you going down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. And 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 to to touch on it a little bit mm-hmm. and. Since he's been retired, he's gone through like, – I don't want to call it like okay, – I'll call it what I feel like it is. Is I feel like he's almost lost without the law enforcement – like the the badge in front of him, for example. Very common, bro. Very So common. I feel like he has this – yeah, a purpose. A, a purpose. purpose. Thank you, and yeah. he, a he's gone song. through multiple different things and he's very like – like that's the one thing that I will respect out of my dad for as long as I live is that when he puts his mind to something, it's accomplished. Like there was a, a, like long story short, there was a road by my, my parents' house that the city wanted to open. And my dad was like, this is dumb. And he got this entire year long city council petition, everything set up, went to city council meetings, got the road closed after a year. And they wanted him to be like a, uh, they wanted to, they wanted to run for mayor. At the end of it, yeah. because of this whole thing, and that's the way that he is. <laughs> but since then, he's also been dealing with a lot of things that I relate to being former military and him, all law enforcement his whole career. Was your dad former military? Yeah, he was. He was army. Um, for, Ooh, wah, baby. Yeah, he was army. I want to say for. Ooh, wah. Oh god, I don't know how many years it it's was. I want to say probably four or five years. Oh, but, no, okay. I know he was. Are you working? Working. <laughs> I know he was in Germany for a while, and he just told me it was cold. As shit, so, so as, as as we wrap this up, though, um, if you could go back and give a younger you, fresh-faced cop, a word of advice, and this goes to listeners that potentially want to become officers, that are new officers, what is the advice you'd give? Oh, that's a difficult one. Um, I would say make sure, I don't know, just make sure you're doing everything for the right reasons Mm. when you go in. Mm. Um, if you're not there for yourself and you're not there to do this job and you're not there to be a hundred percent committed to it, it's going to eat you alive and it's not going to be long until people can tell. Love it. But I see people, and I'm not speaking about myself, but I see people that go in and they're kind of like, they kind of half-ass it or they're kind of like whatever, and they're gone phase one FTO. It's like it ain't going to work out. They go out for one patrol shift and they come back after two hours and it just ain't for them. Love um, it. But if you're, Appreciate yeah, that. I mean, that's probably what I, what I cap it on. Appreciate that. I mean, before we go dark um, – you know, we talked about you owning a gym. So, uh, for those listeners out there that aren't part of, aren't a part of CrossFit, don't have a box or anything like that, um, where can they reach you? Where where can they find you to potentially find a box, find a home? Yeah, I mean, and and you can have listeners all over the country, all over the world, for that fact. But it it's like you guys, if you look up CrossFit and you look up anything, I mean, I I own CrossFit Gold Standard Athletics. There you um, go. You guys can come here. Exactly. Um, All four of us here go to the gym and we work out together. Pretty much for the most part, your CrossFit boxes, they're all going to have a different vibe. But 
they're all going to go into these workouts. You're going to go into the shit, AKA these workouts that are extremely mm-hmm. difficult and you're going to come out the other side and you're going to come out with yeah. a lot of brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Ours um, is the best though. We just, yeah. I mean, we I don't want to, we want to, we want to make, we want to make sure that our to, listeners know to that. emphasize yeah. CrossFit yes. gold standard athletics, GSA, 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 baby, GSA. <laughs> yeah. If you happen to watch the masters at the games, we'll have representation. Yes. We, 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 yeah, we will actually have a representative <laughs> showing competing. out for the masters. Competing so I'll, I'll at the actual games, wow. um, you know. But with that being said, um, we appreciate your brother uh, Jaime, Sergio. Y'all got anything else? No, man. Uh, you know, Corey, thank you. You, you know, we've, we've we've touched some some sensitive subjects. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've mm-hmm. as always we've talked about a lot of things. And yeah, man, thank you for 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 being who you are. I encourage you to continue being the the just a, a good human being. You're very rare, dude. Let me tell you, I, I I deal with different people every day, bro. And you're the type of person you are, very rare. And a lot of people want to be like that, want to have that type of mentality. Um, continue that, bro, because I'm gonna tell you what, that's gonna give you a fucking long life, bro. Mm-hmm. You're gonna live a long time, bro, because you're happy and and you deal with stress good, and you you fucking dance to fucking <laughs> salsa and cumbias and hey, fucking everything mighty's dance and you do all kinds of shit bro and you know it's it's fuck, bro. You, you do it bro and you're doing a good job at it um thank you for being a fucking good human being bro yep. yeah and yeah. we love that you know yeah. we, we love yeah. that here bro yeah search yeah. oh no like like i said thank you very much for um well you're a great coach shoot yeah cry but for me thank you guys as well i mean i i speak for people um I, you guys just got started with this podcast thing but i mean i i've listened to each one as you guys go and and i find myself listening to it for the entire hour hour and a half as you go and feel like i'm having a conversation just like i am right now um, that, and I appreciate it. I mean, I don't come from the military aspect, but like I said, I come from law enforcement. Hi, May. I can relate to you on a lot of things mm-hmm. that you talk about. Um, and I know that if I can relate, I know there is a hell of a lot of people that relate to a in-depth mm-hmm. perspective that they, they probably need right now. So I appreciate you guys too. Yeah, definitely. But you know, like I was saying, man, you know, I appreciate you, man. You're, 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 you're a freaking stand-up guy. And, uh, I'm sure everybody could say the same thing. So we appreciate you, everyone. You know, Corey Hostetter. Give it up to him. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. Thanks for coming on. And Gold Standard Athletics. Everybody else. Uh, Cheers, brother. Cheers. One more cheers. Cheers. Thank you for coming on.